2030 podcast. In today's episode, we are talking about what lies ahead. And today's session is all about change makers of the fashion industry. We have invited four wonderful people on the panel talking about what lies ahead by Aesthetica. What is Aesthetica, Max? Well, Aesthetica, I mean, it's been around for a long time and it reappeared now. It is basically a brand and a vision, I guess, from um, Orsula de Castro, who's a dear friend of us. You know her, I know her for many years. Um, she's the co-founder of Fashion Revolution, besides many other things. Um, she's also one of these upcycling pioneers, really. She's been writing books. So her vision, well, actually not just hers, I think also her lovely husband, uh, Filippo de Ricci, plays a really important part in Aesthetica too. And um, what it used to be a trade show or showroom uh, during London Fashion Week for many years, where people also like Christopher Rayburn um, exhibited and were pushed forward into new levels in the fashion industry. So really a pioneering platform very early in the game that gave space and, and highlighted sustainability and the importance of, of change in the industry. And nowadays, I think, it's again a platform, not um, in this kind of old-school physical sense, but more as a creator of agency for change in the fashion industry. And while well, Osler always um, highlights how important kindness is, and I think this is something that they're also trying to drive, besides obviously innovation, inclusivity, and a positive vision. She's also a very kind person herself. <laughs> I mean, I, I really like her. And we, we are kind of connected. You already mentioned that we know each other for many years already, um, being both some pioneers starting with the platform really early, um, before sustainable fashion was actually like present uh, during any uh, fashion weeks um, and so on. So it's really nice that we had this cooperation during the last Berlin Fashion Week, uh, during the uh, 2020-30, the Berlin Fashion Summit in uh, September. Beside Arcelan, um, we have uh, three other wonderful guests on our panel, which is Matthew Needham, uh, who is the creative director of the fashion exhibition, um, and also Lade Castro, who was curating the exhibition. And Miriam Ladiri is also talking about her perspective uh, coming from the Council of Modest Fashion. The panel is moderated by Fatima Nyoya from the Glamour Germany. And what they are actually talking about is their personal stories and the turning points in their experiences, what they actually made them think differently and started their own initiatives and try to change fashion in their way. Yeah, there will be so many really interesting change makers that provide their point of view now. But I would also consider ourselves as change makers, actually. I mean, we've been working for more than 10 years uh, really intensively on bringing sustainability into the fashion industry. Um, so what is your drive? What was your journey behind it, actually? And um, what is still driving you? Yeah, um, my journey is quite a long one because, I mean, all my working life, I'm actually uh, working with sustainability and fashion. And uh, one of my turning points was actually media coverage of the really bad circumstances people are working in the fashion industry. And I discovered these uh, at the beginning of 2000s uh, while I was studying. I was really thinking like, this is an industry I love because I'm a fashion designer and I love this aesthetics. I don't want to support uh, these mechanisms uh, in the industry. 
I don't want to be part of this this one. And um, this is why I was looking for other companies working in a different way, working with other values behind them and uh, discovering that there was uh, hardly no really sustainable, appealing, nicely uh, appealing fashion um, out there. And this is this was a reason why I was starting my own brand called Magdalena Schaffrin. Since now, after more than 15 years uh, working, I see that the industry has made progress, but not not enough. I mean, it's simply not enough. All efforts are not, uh, we are not going to reach the goals we are setting us. Um, we are not going to stop uh, or rever even reverse global warming. It's just not happening. So I kind of lost my optimism I had in the beginning of my working life. Uh, but I'm still an optimist <laughs> um, because I still hope for uh, the possibility to, to change. And this is also what keeps me uh, working and keeps me uh, like standing up, getting out of bed every day and really putting a lot of energy um, of my life in my working life because I really want to change something. And um, with creating platforms where people can collaborate um, I think we are doing something which is actually supporting this uh, vast transformation the industry needs to do. Yeah, I totally agree. And obviously, I mean, this was also one of the triggers for me to realize that collaboration is, is actually such an important key. And uh, at the beginning, I always also had the feeling like, okay, there's things happening, but somehow it's all not connected and uh, it's not happening quickly enough. And I think, yeah, that was also the reason why we joined forces um, over so many years now already and uh, continuing to do so. And I hope that um, as Aesthetica is providing more and more support as a platform, obviously we also with our platforms like 202030 and the Berlin Fashion Summit can support the further development of sustainability here. And this is why we're happy to have our new guests, Ursula de Castro, Matthew Needham, Mariam Ladiri and the moderator Fatima Anjoya. Hi, nice to meet you and I'm happy you're here after a long day of talks and maybe shows and things. Um, we are very happy to be here and talk with you guys about the future. But before we get into it, I want to introduce myself a little bit more. My name is Fatima Estelose, thank you. And um, I'm fashion sustainability editor for Glamour Germany. So I write about fashion as well as sustainability because I think um, both can be very beautifully together. And I'm today here with Matthew, Ursula and Miriam. And um, we're part of the concept or the ethical fashion showcase, Aesthetica. You may or may not have seen it outside. That's the thing where the clothes hang. <laughs> and if you stay here with us, you can have a little tour around because Matthew actually curated Aesthetica. So we can learn a little bit more from him. It's a showcase with 10 designers from Berlin and the Ukrainian who really try to do something with sustainable fashion. So quite exciting. And yeah, let's go into it. I guess, 
Can you guys start? Um, I wanted to start with a quick question. Um, I want to have answered by you. Because I think fashion, and especially sustainable fashion, is always about storytelling. We're here to tell stories of our clothes because it's nice to have them, it's nice to see them, but it's always the bigger pictures behind. Because you don't dress yourself just... Maybe also just for fun, but there's always some underlying issue. And I think that's the most thing or the thing that makes fashion so beautiful. So I want to ask you first, like maybe you can start and answer my question. What is your message and why are you here? And then I will introduce you. Okay, thank you so much. Um, well, I'm here because I was invited, just joking. <laughs> um, well, I would say my message is, um, like, I have to go back why, why I started uh, doing fashion. It was back in um, the 90s, I was 12 years old, and I realized that the fashion industry gave me nothing that goes aligned with my identity, which was, I was still searching for. Like um, a Muslim girl growing up in the West, I didn't know where I belong. I was looking for that. So, And I think um, I found my way through that something that was not existing and later was called modest fashion. Um, but what I'm here today is to, yeah, like tell everybody you can believe in yourself and you can still make it. And we are all um, part of this fashion world And it's changing and it's going, I hope, in the right direction. So, so yeah. let me say quick words to you. Thank this you. is Miriam Lebdiri. <laughs> She is a German-Algerian fashion designer um, from her own label, which is called After Herself. Miriam Lebdiri, you can check her out on Instagram. And yeah, she's a lecturer, she's a designer, she's um, also kind of an activist. But maybe we can get to this question later, because I think that's a very nice inter... Yeah discussion to talk about why our people who are doing like things are always seen as an activist because some people they don't have a choice they do just things because they have to um yeah and miriam tries to um, redefine luxury with the purpose that builds bridges between cultures and rise diversity within fashion and i think that's very beautiful so Ozula, can you introduce yourself and answer my questions Cool. So I guess uh, some people call uh, people like myself the OG, original gangster. Um, I would remove the gangster and I'd say original granny, because I've been in this space for such a long time. First of all, I had a brand, an upcycling brand, long before upcycling was even a term. And then we started Estatica with the British Fashion Council at London Fashion Week. And um, over um, the last... Uh, eight years I've been a professional revolutionary. I started, co-founded Fashion Revolution, which is now the world's uh, biggest activism movement. So I've not known um, ever a fashion industry unless it was in those terms, um, in the terms of sustainability, um, thinking about the future and very much thinking about what lies ahead. And uh, yes, this is, you know, really... For me, I have a passion for clothes. I can talk about clothes all day long. But the way in which these clothes are made, sold, produced, makes me sick. And so at the end of the day, if I wanted to embrace this industry, I had to do it in a way that was also fitting not just my size, but my principles and my values. So this is what I've been doing over the past um, 20 years. 
and very excited to be here in Berlin again. I find this city vibrant when it comes to sustainability. Really excited to be restarting Aesthetica here um, as a sort of a, a new adventure. But as always, I take something old and I make it new because that's also part of what I do. And um, thank you so much for being here with all of us today, Fatima. I think there's nothing left to say because OG just introduced <laughs> herself for us. So <laughs> we jump to the next one. It's Matthew Needham and he is a curator and also fashion and sustainability lecturer at Central St. Martin, formerly fashion designer as well, specialized in upcycling. So that's why he's in sustainable fashion, obviously. So maybe you can say Well, tell us what's your message and why are you here today? Of course. Thank you so much for having me um, on this panel with these lovely people. Um, so I'm Matthew Needham. I am the curator of the exhibition that's in the entrance. Um, I've known Orsula for the last five years, working with Fashion Revolution, moving now on to Aesthetica. Um, my background is in design. Uh, I was upcycling, but I didn't know there was a name for it. I didn't know there was a word for it. I just knew that I loved old things. Uh, my dad is a carpenter. I'm from, um, I'm half Czech and half English, but I grew up in the Midlands in Leicestershire in England. And um, as I was growing up, I was so fascinated with the way my dad was working with wood. And in his workshop, I would be sifting through and then trying to make clothes out of pieces of wood. And it wasn't really working. <laughs> um, ended up at St. Martin's. And then through um, the years, I've just been working more and more closely within the sustainable fashion um, industry, um, working across the world and curating exhibitions. Um, I think for me, it's less about making the clothes myself, more about telling the stories, like you were saying, you know, telling the stories of the designers, creating platforms, which also leads into what I do teaching at CSM, um, which is an incredible opportunity, you know, to be able to go back to the place that I, I learnt um, a crafted fashion design and spread a message and try to <laughs> create a space for these designers who you know, want to talk about the future with their work that I did not have the opportunity to do when I was at school. So I think that's kind of where I'm at. That's my message right now. Wow. So luckily we don't have to wear wood anymore. So nice to have you. <laughs> <laughs> But there's wood outside. So you have a look to the Please. <laughs> showcase later. <laughs> But back to our topic. So we spoke about old things. We spoke about new things, passion, going back to our past and shaping the future with things we learned from our parents or from OG or from our 12-year-old self. Um, so we're here to talk about what lies ahead. And when we first think about what lies ahead, the phrase, we immediately think about a question. But we don't want to ask questions because I think, or maybe I think we all ask enough questions in the past and we cannot answer any of them. So we're here today with you guys to explore the future. Not as a question, but more as a, like, a statement, a vision where we want to work towards, where we like see ourselves in the next five years, in the next five minutes, whatever. It's just like it has to be there. Because I think it's similar to the trend of manifestation. You think about things you want to happen in the future and you don't think about like, oh, maybe I do it like this. You think about them as if they, they are there. Um, and so I think, can you start maybe? Ursula, 
what is your vision for the future? Where do you see yourself, others? I don't know. What's your vision? Kindness. I think that this industry has been profoundly unkind. In fact, it designed itself on exploiting people, exploiting nature, on being exclusive rather than inclusive, on making people feel uncomfortable rather than comfortable. I mean, if you go any fashion week up until, well, not here, but, you know, it's always about them and us. It's always about this barrier between the chosen few and the very, very many. And what I want to see is a total rebrand of the fashion industry. And, you know, I am uh, ambitious as I am visionary. But as I said, granny here, remember, I've been here a long time. And many of the things that we were talking about 20 years ago, and there are some people here who were talking about these things 20 years ago, and um, we're getting closer to the type of behavior that I deem to be right for people. And so I want to see an industry where we co-create. I want to see an industry where we don't assume, but we genuinely do something good. And, you know, many, many years ago, I was sitting at a table with a whole bunch of fashionistas. I mean, very important fashionistas. And one of them, who is an extremely important person in the world of fashion, said... Oh, but this sustainable fashion, these sustainable designers, they are so worthy. In what other language, apart from fashion language, can the word worthy be negative? So that's it for me. You know, I want to see an industry that takes into consideration kindness. We say it, you know, we want to put kindness center stage. This is why I'm really pleased to, to be supporting um, four designers from the Ukraine. But it's not us supporting them. It's the whole of the cohort supporting each other. The whole city supporting designers that need support, supporting their own designers. The future for this industry can only be one that takes into consideration how many people it touches and how it touches them. And that's the workers as it is the wearers. This industry is unkind to all, the people who make our clothes and the women and the other, you know, everybody who wears them. So that's my lying ahead. And when we think about like touching people, Miriam, what do you think about like creating a diverse vision for the industry? We talked earlier about it, that if you're, in some way are different than the rest of the people. They always assume or see you as an activist. Although you may not do anything special, you're just there living, minding your business, doing things yeah. that make fun. So what's your vision? Yeah, <clears throat> so I think kindness is really, really the word that I was also looking for. Like um, when we all are more kind to each other, more understanding of each other, we don't, like maybe we stop arguing so much and maybe there wouldn't be as many wars as they are but this is like um, a bigger topic so I think while for me as I told you I was growing up and searching for fashion because I have this love and passion for fashion like this is um, I've grown up my grandmother um, was sewing clothes my mother was doing um, bridal wear and everything so I grew up in a family of um, yeah so many people doing things with their hands so 
And I was doing my own clothes because of the feeling that I didn't feel that I belong anywhere. So I was creating my own world. And um, growing up now, <clears throat> like, I, like, I, like you said, I was minding my business and just doing my thing and doing it peacefully. But then what happened after fashion school and when I started my first brand was that um, there was media telling re really nice things about my brand. And then there were other media seeing it as an activist thing that maybe we don't want and it's promoting something bad and stuff like that. So again, I found myself as a grown up woman um, in the middle of something again. So, and I think it's hard when I told you, when you look like me and you do something maybe and people see it, they assume it's, um, it has to be political. You cannot just do it just like that because you love fashion. You do it because you have something in mind. And that was something that was really um, hard for me the last few years. But um, yeah, like now I have the feeling with my new brand where I'm very, um, like, I don't use labels anymore. I don't say it's a modest brand or something because, like, and I, I don't even say it's a sustainable brand because this should be something that, should just be there this is we all should just do sustainable fashion like i don't know why other fashion should even exist um so that was the point like people thank you <laughs> people always um yeah give labels and we just want to live without labels so just let us be nice set. so i want to go back to you because you're a lecturer as well i think all of them are lecturers they teach people Everybody, nice yeah. stuff so <laughs> we are also very very happy to have you here like yeah giving people something to learn tell them about the future or the past or whatever but what miriam said that there are always labels and i think people like to think in labels because the world is easier if you have like um words to describe it and also yeah boxes to put people into it and as a designer as a journalist or as someone who does art People always say you have to find your niche, you have to find your your passion, and your passion always has to be in some way specific, so people can say, oh, this is modern art, oh, this is like high street, this is this and that. What are you saying you're, like, the people you teach how to find themselves when everyone is, like, telling them to choose something? Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, I think from my own experience, what I have learned when I now that I'm teaching the students, is to give them the opportunity to define who they are if they choose to do that. Being labelled a fashion designer or an artist or a photographer or a journalist is something that other people need in order to define what you do and who you are in the world. And I think it's super important that as creative people, as, you know, if we're just starting out, if we're, you know, further on in our career and we decide to change paths, that's okay because we are creative people and we are generally see the world through creative eyes. And it's important to understand that you can work across discipline, you know, and sustainability talking about sustainability within fashion fashion is the vessel for it you know it might be a painting that you decide to make it might be a conversation a poem it might be a garment you know but it's a vessel and i think this is you know for some designers that we've exhibited in this space fashion is a vessel for them to talk about these um conversations that they want to have with the world it's a voice that goes beyond your own voice sitting and having a conversation you know together it lives on you know if a garment is with a wearer somebody buys that piece they wear it 
they remember what it means. They know what the story behind it is, the message. And I think, you know, with your work, I think it's super, super important that we look at fashion as not only aesthetics, but also the message behind it, the storytelling, the sourcing, you know, the materials where it comes from, because it's just as important as the way something looks. It's more important than the way something looks, sorry. That's what I should say. Um, that is ultimately um, what I think any student or any creative fashion designer starting out now should be thinking about. Because in five to ten years, everyone's going to be using dead stock. You need something else, you know. What is it that you really want to say to the world? And use the medium of fashion to tell that. I think that's what you should always remember. There's a lot of passion in the room. And I think I would give an open question in the round. So one of you can pick it up. I feel like fashion, as you said, is a lot about emotions and about what people connect with garments, with like the haptic, how the fabric feels and how clothes make you feel like. But if we think about sustainable fashion, people are always like, I'm not sure, like anxious or like they feel like they have to maintain a distance. They're very skeptical. They think it's... Mm. Not as pretty as like the rest of fashion because there's this sustainable part about it. So I don't know if we need a new branding or new word for sustainable fashion because at the end it's just like being conscious about with, yeah, with what you get yourself around. It's just like going out, meeting people, choosing your friends or family. You go to the people that have the same passion that you like, where you feel comfortable with. And you don't like have to maintain a distance because one of them, I don't know, is sustainable or vegan or whatever. I have a really simple question. <laughs> for a simple answer for that. How about we just call it fashion? How yeah. about we call everything else unsustainable fashion? Because actually what we are doing, what many of these designers do, is fashion that is born out of passion, heritage, skills, bravery. It's everything else that isn't. So you think... <laughs> That's amazing. So you think what lies ahead could be the rebranding of calling everything else unsustainable fashion? Because there is a big calling out culture out there and um, I also feel that calling people out is the right solution so if we think about unbranding fashion in some ways um, but calling them out do you think or like you think it really helps or is there maybe we need another culture to just meet them where they are get on a table talk about the whys or maybe the fears behind their distance to the topic? Well, I mean, you know my opinion about labels, so I, I'm totally with you. Um, well, I think and I hope that this will be the new normal fashion, like we don't need the labels anymore. And I think um, that the new generation is more aware than our generation back then was. And um, so I really hope for the best, but like we will see what time brings and even uh, about calling out i think this is something very important and i think um like we we always see it when some brands um they do cultural appropriation um and then diet prada calls them out that they sometimes they um 
take the whole collection down or something, and then they sometimes it works, you know. So I think maybe calling out is maybe the new thing to do on social media. So, <laughs> so maybe let's go back to telling stories and dreams. Um, if your what lies ahead could be like a movie or a book or a dream with a very short title, how would it call it? I actually don't know. <laughs> um, I really don't know. Put on the spot. Um, do you have a title? Kindness. Yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> I've got a few actually. A I read book. a lot and I watch yeah. films. So yes, but right now I think you know. I think if it is, if it has to be something, it would be to think about kindness first, putting it center stage. In mm -hmm. kindness to nature, kindness to people, to each other, to the people that buy, to the people that make, to the people that suffer, to the people that are happy. Just overall. What do you think? Yeah, What's right. your title? I mean, kindness is the word for me today, so I learned so much from you. It's a, it's a trilogy film. <laughs> I'm not sure if I buy into it, so maybe kindness we should ask. Kindness to <laughs> yeah. So maybe we should um, get some other people into the conversation and um, ask the question to the room. What's your title for your What Lies Ahead? Is there anyone who wants to answer the question for us? I mean, we have a trilogy, but maybe we want to have another <laughs> chapter or movie quite tough crowd tough question thank you I can only say one word no it's, a title can also have more words okay. <laughs> if I would have movie to choose questions. one I'd say interconnectedness hmm? it's something that has been brought up today a few times before and um I usually, when I say that word, I think of what Jane Goodall said, and it has, like, this quote kind of has been brought up today before that, like, um, whatever we do, we influence each other, and um, that, like, every choice we make has an effect on everyone and everything around us and should be considered in our choices. That's amazing, because I think that's the approach we need here for the future of sustainable fashion or and generally for a diverse future that represents society as it is. So we need to collaborate and work together. And I see we have another um, movie here coming up. Yes, I have also one word and it's uh, thinking, more thinking, like sit down with yourself, think what do you want, who you are, why you are using this, why you need that where it's come from, ask questions from her, think about these things, think about the world, think about, uh, I don't know, whatever, ask questions and, yeah, these kind of things. I think, like, maybe going to the answer, kindness and such. So, I think can that's... I just add to that? You actually? can add to that, whatever you want. Because <laughs> I think this idea of thinking, as you were saying, is, is super important, but also reflecting. And taking that time to pause in an industry that is notoriously fast-paced. Yeah. You know, we, we try to slow down, you know, we change the fashion weeks, but ultimately there's an industry that still exists in the same way it did 10 years ago mm -hmm. somewhere, you know, and we are trying to change things. This exhibition at the front of the space here, what we try to do is to create an environment where you really take the time to think and reflect. So coming from a design background, I understand that the processes of each of these designers is very unique, very, very different, you know, and there's a story behind the garment that's just hung there in the space. 
But as you come into the space, there's a sound. There's a sound that's created by somebody with aesthetica. There's a scent that's created with somebody by with aesthetica. And using all of those senses in the space, it allows for this multi-sensory experience where you're really taking that time you know, to reflect on what you're looking in front of you. And it's not just about the way it looks, but it's the stories. You take time to read the paragraphs that have been written, you know, and really sort of walk through this, this space. So for any of you in the audience who have never experienced something like that before, or never experienced fashion like that before, I urge you to, you know, walk through the space if you haven't already. Um, and hopefully, you know, things like this, if, you know, you are a designer, if you are a creative, if you're in communication even to think about alternative ways of communicating this idea of thinking, you know, a thought process is super important because sustainability is also so much about conversation, you know? And I think, like, that's what we have to give you as a feedback back. Maybe we should all leave this room thinking about what lies ahead with the, like, exclamation, <laughs> another question mark. <laughs> And what we want from the future, but at the end of the day, everything starts with us, with our neighbor, with the person we interact with, with the people we care for. Like fashion or the future should be, we should see it as the person we like and we want the best for this person at the end of the day. So we have to be kind. We have to be interconnected. We have to be thoughtful because You cannot meet people with bad feelings or with disrespect if you want to create something with them. And I think all of us are here to like be part of the future, to be part of what lies ahead. And at the end, we only can do it as a community. So thank you for being here. Stay there. Explore the whole showcase space with all your senses. And yeah, thank you. Well, that that's interesting that that author is kind of basically quoting Bruno Peters, also, isn't it? I mean, uh, such an important perspective, obviously, that fashion, I mean, sustainable fashion should just be called fashion, and everything else should be called unsustainable fashion. Great stuff, I think. And this is actually not exactly what he he did. But could it be called upcycling quotes? I mean, it would fit to Ursula somehow, since she's like kind of the queen of upcycling, uh, starting with her brand very early in the early 90s, um, even when uh, the term upcycling was not even there. But that would be a bit funny to discuss with her maybe next time. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I think, yes, absolutely. I mean, we shouldn't just uh, uh, limit upcycling to clothes. I mean, upcycling quotes and ideas, I think, is a very good idea. I mean, if, if it's been out there um, and it's good, then we should repeat it. And I mean, fashion industry is famous for repeating. I mean, that's the baseline of marketing. So if we repeat positive kind of messages, I think that's just amazing ways of upcycling um words and, and, and using them for a good purpose. In a way, it's uh, describing a vision, isn't it? And I mean, the vision is still there and still right. And uh, I think also it's not um, it's not too bad to put it in your own words and also to twist it a bit around because what actually Bruno Peters said in the interview I was uh, having with my uh, dear co-author Ellen Kura uh, for our book Fashion Made Fair, he was stating that fashion should just be called fashion and not sustainable fashion. 
but he was not stating um, that uh, every other fashion should be called unsustainable fashion. So this is something Osla uh, put to it. So yes, she added kind it? of a bit the, the the punishment thing idea. Mm -hmm. huh? So like putting tax on on it in a way. I mean that's I think what she's about a lot anyway, highlighting the positive aspect, but also bringing in kind of quite radical ideas of how to face out the bullshit <laughs> and the negative things. And obviously, yeah, for her and I think I mean from our perspective is not too far away from it there's a lot of unsustainable fashion and one needs to question why is it actually still around you can actually uh, read from her also in the book fashion made fair if you want to and also um, get to know some other ideas we had really great people and there's a really a lot of uh, interesting thoughts in it so uh, if you have a bit of time and if you haven't gotten the right uh, Christmas present, so <laughs> give yourself a present and uh, still you can still buy it. Or if you've gotten a, a book voucher, I guess you can um, actually use it. But uh, now we are a couple of days ahead of New Year's Eve and this is the end of the year 2022 and it, it was a really like a turbulent year, I would say. A lot of things happened like every year and it was a lot of exceptional things also happening around us. But I mean, our focus now from the panel was what is lying ahead and this is also a question which is a very nice question to put to ourselves and to put to you also so for you, what is lying ahead for you in 2023 and the upcoming years? Oh, I mean, that's a question of perspective, obviously. On a personal level, I think endless things, uh, hopefully also very positive things. But um, maybe here in this context, I would like to highlight, especially that I'm extremely looking forward having um, Fatima Nyoya back in our next conference in January, which is obviously just a few days um, ahead of us. And I really look forward how we can strengthen the dialogue and use the platforms that we have been creating over the years now to yeah, bring that perspective of positive visions more into the space. And if you, dear listeners... Have any ideas or also wishes for topics we should tackle with our podcast? Please drop us a note on 2020.30@studiomm04.com, and also have a look in our show notes. We will note it down there as well. And please keep updated on Instagram 202030summit, and of course, come to our conference in a couple of days in January. There's so, probably still some tickets available. And with that, we are finishing up 2022 with our 202030 podcast episode today and wish you a happy new year. Yay, let's celebrate what we have to celebrate. Yeah.